we are there. I'm going to talk about that today. We're there as a church. Somebody said, what do you mean we're there? You know, there's a place for people to be in life. And when you're in your place, you're there. And in that place, there is grace abundantly to do whatever you're called to do. God will bless that. God will work strong with you. Uh, in other words, whenever we do or in the right place with the Lord, God will take hold with us abundantly. His blessing will be on us immensely. That doesn't mean there won't be opposition, but know this, He will take hold with you to do whatever it is you need to do. And there are a lot of good things when you're in your place. And as a church, I believe we're in our place. We're in a place that God has talked to us about. God dealt with us about. We're there. And sometimes when you get into your place, there are things that maybe didn't seem to work so well in a different place, but now when you start doing it, it works. You okay? Everybody awake this morning? Meaning this. I tried to resist the enemy. He didn't flee. I tried that. It didn't work. Submit to God. Get in your place. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. What if I kept attempting and attempting, and it didn't work, but then I got into my place of obedience or submission to the Lord, and then I said, you get. What's he going to do? Flee. Now, he may put up a smoke screen and say, see, it's not working. You stand your ground and you make him go. Right? But if I'm going to live like totally in rebellion, it's going to be tough to resist him. Right? Somebody didn't realize. So submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you or from me. Sometimes... Uh, even as a group of people, we need to be in the right place. You with me? Even me coming here to start this church. I needed to move from California here to get into my place. There was a place here. I had to get here. And whenever God commanded people to go places and be in certain places, it said there is where he commanded the blessing. You with me? And so you can be... Uh, in the right location uh, and then do some in internal adjustments, you know, or obedience things, and you're in your right place. And what you tried before maybe didn't work, but then it will work. Everybody okay? Genesis, the second chapter. Actually, we're going to read a couple of different uh, passages, and we'll begin actually in Genesis 1, and we will look at the 26 verse, we'll skip 27, we'll go to 28. Genesis 1, 27. And, and if you don't know where Genesis is, just open in the front and just take a step and right there. Genesis in the beginning, right? Genesis 1, 27 says this, actually 26. It said, then God said, and now think about it. God said something, let us make man. So whose plan was man? God's plan was us, people, mankind. And, and, and what was his plan? Was it junk for man? You know, God's not psycho. 
Everybody okay? You know, we're not like the kid wooden toy story that pulls his toys apart and everything, you know, or has an ant farm, you know, and melts some with, you know, the ants with a magnifying glass, you know. That's not God. I should have called for people to come up to be healed of being mute. Oh, sorry. God said, let us make man in our image. It was God's plan. According to our likeness, let them have dominion. So God made us, and then he said, I'm going to give them control. Isn't that interesting? Over the fish of the sea, he didn't say, I'm controlling it. He said, I'm giving it to them over the birds, the air, and all the different things that are on the earth. Then verse 28, then God blessed them. When he put them there, he blessed them. When you get saved, you automatically are blessed. You don't need to be blessed. The Bible said that you become blessed in Christ Jesus. Somebody might say, well, I need blessing. If you're saved, his blessing is on you. Notice this. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Notice he wanted them to multiply. And he wanted them to bring forth good things in their lives. This is how God is. This is how God's creation is supposed to be. And I'll tell you what, if God tells us this, then he wants it for you. But does he want it for a body? Oh, absolutely he does. Notice this. Then God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, be multiply, or be multiply, be fruitful and multiply, multiply. Maybe I should have got prayed for too. Uh, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea. And he goes through this list of things. And God said, verse 29, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Verse 29, also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and the earth of, on the earth, things that creep on the earth, sorry, I got distracted in my mind, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. So God gives all this stuff to them to start partaking of. He blessed them, and then he said, there is provision there for you. Now, when we start thinking about this, we need to not be thinking about birds and cattle, though, you know, a steak is nice. But we need to think, God, there's provision. The Bible said when Christ died and rose, he actually has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. They're actually there, just like these things were there, but they could see these and they would go do it. But we see what he has provided in Scripture for us. And then it goes on to say, verse 31, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Man was good, mankind was good, the stuff on the earth was good. I mean, it was all good. And so 
the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now notice verse 8 of the second chapter. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. God put him there. You know, God puts people in places, and God wants people to be in places. And when either a group gets in their place or people get in their place, man, it's good. It is good. How many of you remember before you were saved, before you had given your life to the Lord? Man, and then you give your life to the Lord, it's good. It's beyond good. And here they are, they're in this place that God has created. And it says, and out of the ground, verse 9, God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we see this big lush land and there's all these trees and all these things to partake of. I mean, more than you could probably count. It's just full of stuff to partake of. And then there's this tree of life, one tree, and then another tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just two of them, other trees. Now, a river went out of Eden to water the garden. So God made a source to keep this thing going and good. Isn't it interesting that he made a source inside of every believer that once you get saved, he said that there is water that bubbles up and it's called eternal life and you'll never thirst again. He put us in a good place when we got saved. But a church, a group can come into a good place too. And then it goes on to say, now a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from there, it parted and became four river heads. Verse 11, the name of the first one is Pison, if that's how you pronounce it. But I always say, if you act confident when you say it, everybody will believe that's how it is. Well, not everybody. <laughs> not Jeremy. No, that was a joke. And it says, it is the, <laughs> the one which skirts the whole land. How would you pronounce this? I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> his wife's laughing over there at him. Uh, where there is gold, notice this. There was gold there. Who put this gold there? Who dropped this? He created this place for them. And there was gold there. And notice what he said. There was gold there. And the gold of that land is good. You could say this. Prosperity in God's world and in his place for you is good. Prosperity in the world without God, I mean, it can produce benefits, but that's not the gold that's in the land that's good. God will bless you. His blessing is on you. He will help you. And notice they said, it said here, the gold in the garden was what? In the land was what? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you read that. Because some people think money's evil. You know, the people that think money is evil, 
or bad are usually the ones once they have it, they're like, yeah, it's okay. It's good. They throw that religious side out. But the Bible doesn't tell us the gold and that stuff is bad. Notice the gold in that land, in that place that God put them, is good. Then it goes on to talk about precious stones were there. Those were good too. The name of the second river, verse, uh, verse 13, it says the name of the second river is Gion. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hadakel, if I said it right. It is, yeah, it's fine, right? It is the one that goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. We're even familiar with that one today. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. Notice this. Who put God there? I'm sorry. We just read that. Maybe I'll read it again. Then the Lord took the man and put him there. Who put the man there? That, that was pretty good. The Lord put him there. So the Lord put him in a place that was fruitful, that was to be a blessing, that was to bring forth all kinds of stuff, and even there was provision and prosperity in that place. And notice, the Lord put him there and said to him, and he put him there in the Garden of Eden to tend it or cultivate it, and to keep it or do certain things there. Notice God made the thing great to begin with, but then he said man has a role to do something there. Do you know as believers and as a church, you know, we've entered into a good place. We're in a good place, but we're to tend things. We have a part to play. I believe we have great things here. I believe that. And uh, we can partake. Anybody sense God moving when we are praising the Lord? Anybody sense God moving when we're ministering and doing things and praying for people? I recognize Him doing these things. And here's the thing. God's blessing is here. It was there. And there was something to be done there. Notice this. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree that is in the garden, you may freely eat. Let me read that again. Every tree that is in the garden you may surely or freely eat. Isn't it interesting? God puts these people in this wonderful place and said there is so much provision here and so many good things here. If you will just do your part, you can partake of all the good things. Now, it's not working. It's just taking. It's doing. Notice, verse 17, 
one single rule that was don't do this. But of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. What will happen when you eat? He said, you will surely die. Isn't it interesting? There was another tree there that he said you could eat, and it was a good one. It would have given them life. Right? He said, there are two trees. It's your choice. Think about it. It's your choice. I'm putting you into a good place. We're in a good place. It's our choice what we eat in this good place. And the phrase, you know, whenever you read your Bible, this is how I get taught when I read my Bible. I'll be reading through Scripture, and I'll maybe ponder it deeply as I'm moving along. But sometimes as I'm reading, all of a sudden a Scripture just seems to rise up inside. I'm like, whoa. It's almost like you're eating something. The Word comes alive. And you go, man, there's something there. And many of us have had experiences where, you know, we're just reading through the Scriptures or hearing one taught, and you're like, I never saw that before. And it thrills you inside. It brings a satisfaction that you cannot find in the world. You cannot find it. You can't pay for it. You can't get money enough to make this happen. And it's free from God. It's when we partake of His living word. But He'll take parts of those scriptures and make them something to you. That's different to other people. You with me? But could he do that with the scripture to us as a group? He could. And I believe he has. Let's read that scripture again. Verse 16, it says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely, freely eat. Now, there were tons of trees. There was then those other two that we talked about, but there were tons of trees. All kinds of stuff there to partake of, to sustain them, to give life, to cause blessing. I mean, hey, if you want to get rich in a world, you know, you could become one of these big, huge farmers out here and have an avocado orchard. I'd buy some. You could have peach orchards. You could have apple orchards. Whatever it is, you, you could have them and you can sell them. And here they are, and they've got all this stuff, and they can eat freely, partake freely. They can grab it, and it's theirs. Why could they do this? God blessed them. God's blessed us. Remember, the Bible said Abraham's blessing is on us. It should affect, and it does affect, our whole life. But remember I said this at the beginning, have, you know, trying to uh, partake of things when maybe you're outside of the right place. And then when you get in the right place and you know, hey, I'm doing, I've given my life to the Lord. It can be the difference of unripe fruit and ripe fruit. Have you ever tried to pick unripe fruit? Pulling and pulling. Why am I not getting this? But then when the fruit becomes ripe, all of a sudden you walk up to it and go, oh, I'll have that. And it just goes, doink. And if you just shake the tree a little bit, it starts falling on you. 
right? Then you got to be careful, right? Because it gets rained on you. Everybody alive? What if the Lord's saying to us, of every tree or of every area in our realm, we can now freely partake? Somebody said, I tried that and it didn't come off real easy last time. You know, it's interesting when the Lord uh, blessed the early disciples, uh, they would go out to reach people and, and, and they, they were pretty effective, weren't, weren't they? But there's sometimes when you're reading, you find this, this clause. It says, and grace or great grace, or you could say God's blessing was upon them. You with me? In order for them to partake, the tree had to be prepared. Right? A tree has to have the stuff get ripe enough, and then you go pull on it. You know, the Bible tells us when the blessing of God was upon the children of Israel as they were doing and walking in the things that they were supposed to do, do you know what the Bible said the Lord did for them? Said, now I'm gonna, this is my own translation interpretation. Okay, you're going to see it's wrong, but it's right. He went before them and ripened the tree before they got there. You know what I mean by that? There was something out ahead of them. Uh, he prepared. It said he would go out in front and prepare the way before them. I just threw in ripen the tree. In other words, so that when they got to the place where they were going to go pull the fruit, do the thing, God had already made a way. You need to start thinking God's making a way. His blessing is on me. And when I get out there and when I go, he's already preparing people. And if I'm not seeing it myself, he'll guide me. He'll make me see it. You, you know what I'm talking about? This is true. This isn't make-believe. You know, I was talking to some people uh, about this stuff that's happening. You know, you think six months into the year, we've had, you know, an impeachment of a president chaos. Now they've got all these tapes that are released that it was actually entrapment. And they have recordings, emails that they actually entrapped him. Russia had nothing to do with anything. All this stuff is coming out. Now just hear me out. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying things that have happened. Then we have had a pandemic that's locked us away you know, as a society and around the world. Now we got riots here. So this is just, this is in six months. Anybody think it's only been six months? How many of you thought it was more six years? Six years. Six years. Isn't it been about six years since that all started, you know? Some of you forgot Trump was impeached. Some of you forgot uh, the stuff that was coming out and all those things going on. And some of you forgot we had a pandemic. We were like, we're just wearing riots. What season is it? It's basketball, football, baseball. It's impeachment, pandemic. What's next? I don't want to tell you. But here's the thing. Here's what's wild. In talking to people, if I would have taught pestilence and stuff like that, you know, is going to come. And let's say I taught that five months ago or four months ago, and then a month later, we've got this. 
people are like, whoa, this is crazy. Wait a minute, I just taught it. The Bible told us this. I think some people are looking at this like, this is just nuts. No, the Bible told us this stuff would happen. And some people are like, yeah, I know, but I didn't think it was going to happen right now. Uh, you mean like this stuff's happening right now? Yeah, it's happening right now. And if it's happening right now, there's a question that needs to be asked. This is interesting. If that was happening right then, you know, or is happening right now, these last six months, and if I would have taught it right before, some of us would have gone, yeah, yeah, that's the Bible, all right. Yeah, that's good. Then when it came, they're like shocked. Like, oh, wait a minute. You mean this actually happened? This is supposed to happen? You mean this this really going to go on? You mean that's, you mean what you were preaching was really like that? Fast forward to Sunday morning, June 7th, 2020. His blessing is upon us. He's gone before us. And he's going before us. This isn't a fairy tale like those weren't. But here's the thing. Some people just need to go out and pull the fruit for themselves. And they're going to go, whoa. You know, I, I pulled that thing. And it, just, it just came off. And I thought, this, something's got to be wrong. So I just pulled another one and it came off too. I got this whole bag of fruit. What do I do with this? Huh. Strangest thing he talked about. I, I mean, I knew he talked about it and everything, like those plagues and all that. But you mean you can just go pull it and it just it comes off now? Well, I've been trying to pull it before and it just didn't come off. Watch, come here. Check this out. See, you just pull it and it just comes off. They're like, no. no, that can't be. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Because if God went before them to prepare the way under the old covenant, which is called inferior, which is not as good as our covenant, and he said that ours is better, is he not going to go in front of us and prepare the way? As a matter of fact, there was one time the disciples were thinking, maybe like some people today, that yeah, someday this is going to happen. Someday the fruit will be ripe. Someday this thing will happen. And the Lord had to tell them, nuh-uh. You know, he did that to them one time. He said, nuh-uh. You know, he said, nuh-uh. Well, maybe he didn't say nuh-uh. But he said this. He said, do not say... In this many months, then will come the harvest. See, their thinking was wrong. They were thinking, we got to wait for this to happen. And God said, we're there now. You're there now. We as a church are there now. Let's not expect miracles tomorrow. And they said, oh, what do you mean? No, let's expect them today. Let's not expect that sometime the fruit will be ready. Know this, God knows where the fruit is ripe, and when you pull, it will come off. 
But sometimes, you know, people may be like the disciples. Yeah, sooner or later, it's going to be this many months. Sooner or later, it'll be God's trying to tell people, hey, go tug on your neighbor. Your coworker, the people you live around, you'll find out the fruit is not as stuck to the old way, the old vine. You with me? And we need to think and recognize, wait a minute, lost people need direction. But you know, there's other fruit to partake of too besides that. I mean, serving will bear fruit to you and to the kingdom in a body, right? Didn't even Jesus say in that same story, or actually a different story where he said, I have meat to eat of, and, and it was because I'm serving and doing in the kingdom, he, he, he didn't only eat fruit, he ate meat. See, he wasn't a vegetarian. Okay, I made that up, but it said, he said, I have meat to eat of that you don't know. And he said, my meat or that what does something for me and it does for everybody is doing the will of God. So are we in a place to partake right now? And could we have entered into a season? Not, you know, it's always your season as a believer, but could we have entered in, into something as a church? Oh, yeah. But the issue is, who's willing to go be the first one to pull? That reminded me. See, sometimes my mind goes places it shouldn't. Who's the first one willing to pull the piece of fruit? Not somebody's finger. The fruit. Sorry. You allowed to say that? Oh, come on. You know what? You guys don't get to sit in the front row anymore. Pull the fruit. That's why I said pull the fruit. As other people be like, well, wait a minute. And find out it works. You know, the Bible is full of stories like that. And there are different times that some people uh, just were like, you know what? We're dying. Remember when the city was besieged and there had been a prophetic word that had come and said, you know, that in this amount of time, uh, there is going to be a change, you know, and these different things. And, you know, they open up the doors or these guys go out. They tell them, listen, those guys have fled. But they're like, were we going to sit here till we die? They went out and attempted something and everything had already changed when they went. And they found out God had already gone before them and had done something and they were just sitting in the same place and they didn't even know things had changed. They didn't know that there was a load of provision and everything could be changed in their life if they would have just gone and pulled on the fruit. Just went and partook. But they, they're sitting there thinking, we're in trouble. We're all dead meat, so to speak. It's over. And what happened? A couple of them said, some lepers went out there and said, let's go. And you know what? The Lord had gone before them. And if they would not have been uh, desperate enough, bold enough, uh, ambitious enough to just go, they wouldn't have found out. 
Maybe all the rest wouldn't have found out. But you know, the Lord had already even spoken and said, things are changing. This is happening. You know, the Lord can give us words and we can know things that are upon us. Sometimes people just need to take a step and realize he has prepared things for us, for you individually and for us corporately. He wants our atmosphere charged. He wants us, when we pull fruit, for people to come here and to get things. He wants you to experience things. He wants your life to be full. He wants you to leave and not be like you leave a gas station and you're empty. Wouldn't that be a horrible thing if you went to the gas station and you were empty when you left? You said, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. I invested some time here. And I left and my car's empty. I got charged that time and it's empty. Hey, if we're going to give time, God didn't want us to leave empty. And to sputter down the road for the rest of the week. He didn't want that. He wants it to be good for you. Uh, let, me, let me say that a different way. He wants it good, really good for you. Amen. He does. And, and is it there? Has he gone before us? Has he told us things in the past? Is he saying something right now? Could he be saying to us, there's something to eat and partake of. And notice he said, you could freely eat. But of the tree, and there is grace on us, and I believe that grace is reaching toward people. Meaning to influence you, because you sow here, but I believe it influences and will influence your job, and the things you put your hand to. But I believe there's grace and other things to partake of, like there are lost people out there, and people we know who, if we would pull on them a little bit, we might find they're not as stuck as I thought they once were. Because like Jesus said to those guys, when he said, don't say the harvest is this far off, he said, it's plenteous and ready now. Well, they knew if it wasn't ripe, don't go try to reap it. And maybe, you know, I know this in growing up and having fruit trees and things like that, especially pomegranate trees are this way. You know, you have to pick one, cut it open to see. Because they don't ripen off the vine. You have to let it ripen on the vine. But then there are other things like plums and things like that. You can tell the difference. You're pulling on it. Just relax. But once you're in the season, you just move your hand around and go, there I go. And you find it. And you pull. Now remember, it doesn't just fall on you. You said, I'd like that. So would I. But he didn't make it like that. And so he said here, you can freely eat of all this. Think the rules to this are... Man, there aren't a lot of rules. You know, if you're walking with the Lord, maybe don't put a lot of rules on yourself. Maybe because you're alive to Him, why don't we just obey Him? 
Okay, that didn't go over. Let me change my sermon. You ever seen those movies where you can push and see an alternate ending? Anybody ever seen those? You know, you get a DVD and you see the alternate ending. Okay, this is the alternate ending. There are a lot of rules and you better keep them. There's thousands of rules and rules and rules and rules and add more rules. Okay, I was just checking. You don't want that version. Well, the Bible tells us that we're just to love the Lord God, right? We're to follow him. As a matter of fact, if you go read in, in Acts 15, there was a meeting of the council of the church, and they had all gathered together, and there was a bunch of Jewish people there who knew the law and knew all the rules, and they said, we should make the Gentiles keep all these rules and all these rules and all these rules. One of the people rose up and said, we couldn't even keep them. We received by grace. So why are we trying to heap this on them? Religion has always tried to do that. And, and so they said, okay, then we'll just tell them. And they just gave them like, don't commit fornication, which is sex outside of marriage. And don't eat things strangled, you know, and certain things. And gave them a little list and said, there you go. Go serve God. Your body's the temple. Serve God. There you go pretty simple. And, and think how hard he made this. Now, see that tree over there? Don't touch that one. That one, don't touch that one either. That one, don't. See three trees over? Don't touch that one either. Don't eat it. That one, don't. Oh, those six over there? Don't eat those. And he just walked around the garden saying, don't do this, don't do that. You know how difficult that would have been? And you know how difficult some Christians' lives are? No, just work out of your relationship. And if somebody else tells you, you can't do that, but you know, hey, I have, I have no problem doing that. Maybe the Lord dealt with me, don't do that. Then I, I shouldn't tell you don't do that. That's something he dealt with me about. But you may be, he may be dealt with you about certain things. Don't tell me don't do that. That may be for you not to do. You know, I know some ministers who God has dealt with them don't golf. You know, the Lord's never dealt with me about that. I've never had a problem with it either. <laughs> the only problem I've ever had is miniature golfing. And, um, but I know some ministers, the Lord's never deal, dealt with them. Then it's okay for them to do it. And others, I know that the Lord's dealt with them. So to them, don't do it. That's part of your relationship. Hallelujah. Thank you. And look at this in their relationship. I mean, it was so simple. He didn't even say, don't walk here, don't go here. He just said, don't eat of this. Because he said, if you eat of this one, you, but all the other ones freely eat. Notice God put them there. What if we are in our place? Then there must be a lot to partake of. What if we just need to go ahead and start trying again where we tried before and it didn't work. Remember the children of Israel? There are stories in the Bible. Remember God said, I'm giving you this land. The children of Israel said, no, 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 no. What happened? They realized they totally blew it. So you know what they did? They got a group and they said, let's go up and do it. Let's, let's do it. We missed it. And they went up to do it and they got beat. Because they weren't 
in the right place. They weren't doing what they were supposed to. But when the time came again and they went into their place, he, see, they had attempted and it didn't work. Then when they got to the place, the Lord said, now's the time, go back up, enter in. And you know what? That time when they tried, it worked. Everybody okay? I believe we're in a place always as believers to partake, but as a church, we're supposed to be doing things and partaking, and I believe we're in a good place. I believe the Lord's gone before us. I believe there are people out there ready to fall off. And if you just go give it another attempt and go, well, how come it was so easy that time? Don't give yourself too much credit. Well, I'll tell you what, I've really grown and gained some wisdom, and I was able to just pull that fruit. Now, you might just find, uh, and you will find, that there are people prepared for us. Amen? And so I'll go ahead and read on here and finish up. Verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you, that you eat of it, you will surely die. Let me make this statement. People in their walk with God know what's right and what's wrong. Pretty simple. We do. Anybody ever been dealt with and went, oh, I shouldn't do that, or I know I'm supposed to do this. Guess what? Do it, and you'll be in a place where you can reap and eat, and we are there as a church. Think about it. Partake or eat freely. Serve, eat freely. Give, partake freely. But also, reach people. I will say this. Not only is the Holy Spirit going before us right now, working to help us, He goes before us if you're supposed to serve in church, and He'll make it good, and He'll help you. In every endeavor in our walk with Him, He is going before us. Don't think you got to go there and do it all yourself. He's ripening people. Because it's one thing to think it's us, but He is at work. Let's all say this before we close. God, God is, working is working on my behalf, on, my behalf, on, our, behalf, on our behalf, right now. Right now. Things, are ripe. Things are ripe. I'm going to, I'm going to start, partaking start partaking now. Yeah. I believe that. So just start. Now don't go out and grab somebody. They'll turn around and slap you. But I mean, you know what I mean. Do things. Find out. Find out that it's true, that there are things. I mean, sometimes just getting in the right place makes all the difference. You ever done that in your own life? You knew God dealt with you about something. The minute you did it, your heart just got settled, and you went, oh, this is so good. Well, once you're there, start partaking. Some people just need to partake of more peace. It is there.